Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 83 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch. I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, did you have a nice Thanksgiving? I had a great Thanksgiving. Had to work a little bit in the morning, but uh, worked to about 7 in the morning. I went in at 4, uh, came home, helped uh, make final preparations to... Thanksgiving dinner. Then we all piled into my car. We went up to uh, my aunt's house and we all shared a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner there. Then went up to a family friend's house. I uh, played a couple board games. Uh, just had a little bit of fun as we wound down throughout the day. How was your thing? Very nice. A busy day. Uh, for me, it was good. Went to go see the family, you know, ate all day, took a rest, ate some more, took another rest, ate, watched a bunch of football. And uh, yeah, then I went to a friend's later on the day, played a little poker. It was a, it was a pretty, pretty uh, laid back Thanksgiving. It was good. And thankfully, uh, the holiday transaction pirates didn't actually make the move on Thanksgiving. But here we are. We're recording this um, on Friday after Thanksgiving. And the pirates, lo and behold, make a move. They sign veteran first baseman Carlos Santana to a one-year deal, $6.7 million. Last season, he was on the Kansas City Royals and then was eventually traded to the Seattle Mariners. He actually hit a big home run for the Mariners in the wild card round against the Toronto. that huge eight-run comeback game, if you remember. And uh, although the numbers don't look spectacular overall, I'm pretty excited about this deal. What are your first initial reactions, Jake? Well, let's address the fact that this was a big need for the Pirates. They obviously wanted to find itself a pretty good platoon over at first base with G-Man Choi. Um, a lot of people thought that once they claimed Lewin Diaz and that was going to be the be-all, end-all for the uh, additions for the first base area. But this is good to see. Santana's a good switch-hitting power hitter. Um, like you alluded to, not the greatest numbers last year, but doing a little research, looking at what uh, the Atomic Bomber Jeff Passan tweeted. Um, he actually didn't do too bad last year overall with Kansas City and Seattle. Um, he was he had a expected weighted on base average of about 352. Uh, not the greatest, but he actually had league average above that, which is pretty good in my opinion. Um Still showed a lot of power, as you said. Had a great home run in the 
a wild card round for the Mariners. Overall, he did his job. He wasn't terrible. I looked at his uh, baseball savant page. I actually have it pulled up right here. Actually not terrible in terms of where he ranked uh, uh, in certain uh, categories. The only places he really did poor was in sprint speed. I think we know why. And arm strength, which, okay, he's not a, you know, he only plays first base. It's not like arm strength is a big thing. The rest are all in the red, uh, which is great on Baseball Savant. And the thing that strikes me the most is a little bit of a similar characteristic to what Daniel Vogelback had, uh, about 97% walk rate. Um, I don't know Vogelbach's off the top of my head, but I know he was signed and brought on because of his eye and his ability to draw walks and make and work counts. So Carlos Santana does that. And then a little bit more, it's almost like we got a better version of Vogelbach who can probably play the field a little bit more platoon first base with G man Choi, be a DH when we need it. Um, I don't mean to be cynical, but if we're playing fair sides on both sides here, something tells me he's going to be a flip candidate. I know we hate saying that and we're trying to build back up and I hate flip candidates, but I, I feel like this is a grand scheme to try to add a little bit more. Yeah. They need to have a solid one, two punch at the first base area, but I don't know. Something tells me that G man's going to be here for the long run. Whereas Santana's going to be here maybe for the short term. If they meant to keep him around a little bit more, they would have signed him maybe to a two year deal. Uh, but a one-year deal, $6.7 million. That's, uh, I, I don't know, I'm surprised by that. And that's pretty sad to say that we're surprised by that dollar amount. But, uh, Nate, before I hand it back over to you, I just want to go over something that Rob Beer Temple of The Athletic tweeted out a couple minutes ago. Um, <laughs> this is a pretty big signing, obviously, in terms of monetary levels. Uh, and he said the last time they spent anything close to this on a free agent and this is off the top of his head. It's not confirmed, but I found this funny. Yvonne Nova in December 2016, three years, $26 million, which averaged a little over $8.5 million per year. Francisco Liriano in December 2012, uh, probably one of the best free agent signings of the modern era, two years, 14 mil, so seven per year. And the GOAT, the best of the best, Lonnie frickin' Jason Hall in 2018. million. So it's been a while since the pirates made a significant free agent signing that required them to open Bob Nutting's wallet a little bit, but they did here. I think this is a good low risk, high reward type of move for the pirates. Um, If he doesn't pan out, it's only a one year deal. They're probably going to trade him at the deadline. Uh, But if it works out, maybe they'll re up it for another year. Overall, I like the move. I don't, I'm not going to say I love it quite yet because obviously I'm going to wait to see what he does on the field, but at the moment, I'm on board for Yeah, and Jake, I think your connection's a little iffy there. You're cutting in a little bit in and out there, but a few of the points you made, um, I I mean, I I like the signing. I don't think it's really going to be kind of – it's not going to be that much of a platoon situation in my mind. I think a lot of people are saying that, but perhaps it'll be a platoon with Choi where Santana will actually play first base versus lefties. But for Santana himself, I feel like he'll be playing close to every day as much as he can, and he'll just do a lot of DHing, and we'll spell Troy at first base occasionally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, he, he might get flipped at the deadline if the Pirates are terrible, which isn't um, unlikely. But, you know, you look at it, he's not a part of the future long-term plan in the slightest. He's 36 years old. 
Um, I just think this is this is a nice signing to add. You know, it's cliche a veteran presence, but he he would be a good mentor to guys like Cruz or uh, Castro, um, and uh, you know all the young guys in general. I mean, the team is filled with with young players, Hayes as well as young. Um, but you know, he still walks. And as Passon noted in his article about the signing, he still makes a nice amount of hard contact. And with the banning of the shift Santana, I believe in that article, it was said that he was shifted, you know, more than a lot of players last season. Um, so without the shift, he'll be able to pull the ball on the ground as a left-handed hitter. So I think, you know, you look at the numbers, you look at the slash line, 202, 316, 376. It's not great. But as long as he continues to walk, which the career rate's 15.2%. Last year it was at 14%. So it doesn't seem like that's going anywhere. He doesn't strike out a lot. I think you could see that average creep creep back up to maybe 230 something like that and if he can get on base at around a 350 clip slug close to 400 around 400 last year was at 376 i don't know he was a one win player last year with those numbers i think he could improve this season with the pirates but i i think the veteran leadership is the is the main thing and uh, we're here on spotify live and we have a speaker request from ethan smith so I'll let Ethan come up here. Right. Ethan, what is going on? What do you, what do you think about Sorry. this signing? I am, a, uh, I am in a speakeasy right now, but I don't know if you guys recognize me at all. But I uh, host a Locked On Pirates podcast, and immediately yeah. seeing this signing, I um, and I sound okay, right? Yeah, you sound fine. All right, cool. Uh, so to go back to what Jake said, by the way, Carlos Santana was shifted 98.3% of the time, which led all of Major League Baseball last year. So obviously the shift ban is going to play in his favor. But um, I like it either way. Like you guys mentioned, if he gets traded at the deadline, sure, you get something decent for him from a contending team. But also if he does stay, I mean – you never know the names that are going to come into a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates that are going to make an impact. Like we all said, Francisco Liriano, Lonnie Chisholm Hall, Marlon Byrd, those kind of guys that were like, oh, random names that nobody else would touch that the Pirates created and gems out of nothing, right? Like another man's trash is another man's treasure. And you guys mentioned the $6.7 million or the $6.7 million figure. That's not a figure you just throw out to anybody. And I think Carlos Santana is the kind of guy that the Pirates are obviously making a putting an emphasis on a position at first base that was a very big weakness for them in 2022. That they basically Ben Charrington is saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to fix this position." And also, sources closest to me from people that I know that are close to the team have said that they expect Sean Mania to sign on a like two to three year deal. They expect to sign another starter at some point. This seems like a very interesting offseason for the Pittsburgh Pirates in terms of maybe 2023 is not what we expected to be in terms of another punt. Maybe they're actually going for it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. And I hope your sources are, uh, you know, on it because the addition of someone like Manaya would be awesome. And but yeah, already, I mean, this, this lineup is already looking better than it was last season. And 
kind of like we mentioned, you just you just like to see some veteran presence. I think that's the main thing to help steer the ship a little bit in the clubhouse. You know, it's kind of AJ Bernetti in 2012 where Santana has won before, Choi has won before. If they can bring in a veteran starter who has won before, it at least could help, you know, create a culture of winning. You know, in baseball, you don't really hear about it that much because it is mostly analytically driven, which is cool. But I do think there is something to the fact that you need you need guys that have won before. And when you're in a 162 game season, uh, it, it can get it can get long fast. So if you if you have guys that can kind of help steer the clubhouse culture in a way that enhances winning i think that's perfect jake what do you think yeah and especially with a guy like santana who is on the seattle mariners of all teams one of the more underrated and underdog playoff teams last season bringing in a guy who knows that sort of formula to get to the big dance i think that benefits a a team way more than bringing in a guy who's winning repeatedly because they've been on the negative side of baseball they know what it's like to be down for the count year in and year out whereas santana Maybe he can come in to the clubhouse, be that veteran leader, like you said, and maybe even offer a little bit of points like, okay, so we have we have X, Y, and Z guys who fit this kind of mold, X, Y, and Z, one, two, and three, that can fit this type of mold. You know, he, it's almost like he can add a little bit more than, like I said, a guy who can come in and off perennial penance each year. Because normally you bring in those type of guys, those high contenders, they're used to winning. There's no real science involved with it. Whereas Carlos Santana was, in my opinion, part of like a money ball experiment gone right. Maybe a little bit better than that. But I think it, it adds a little bit more intrigue when you bring in a guy like Carlos Santana, who who has played pretty much from behind his entire career on teams that really shouldn't have done much. Uh, Cleveland throughout the early 2010s. Philadelphia in 2018 before reverting back to Cleveland, then Kansas City, even though Kansas City is a little bit, you know, they're never a contender. But then you go to Seattle, who's building up with all this young talent. This is familiar, familiar territory for him. And we're over we're overlooking the biggest fact. And I've even included it in my art, my write up on BucksDugout.com. There are ties with Santana and Derek Shelton, because for those that may not know, Derek Shelton rose through the ranks as a coach in the Cleveland Guardians, formerly Indians organization. He was a minor league hitting coach for Santana while Santana was coming up through the minor leagues. So you have that familiar connection there, the familiar type of team with the Pirates, a lot of young talent who lack veteran presence, good veteran presence for that matter. Santana was ultimately the perfect fit for this sort of scenario. So like I said, low risk, high reward type of move with lots of potential benefits with, with, with the whole signing itself. So yeah, I mean that's, I, I like I said, best case scenario, we sign a guy who's you know played with the underdog essentially, and now he's trying to make the Pirates that underdog story again. I think we'll see. You know, there's a stronger chance that the Pirates could look a lot more contentious next season, obviously, than they have the past couple of years with Santa. Well, yeah, and uh, and if uh, Nathan, if you don't mind me adding to that either, uh, let's also not forget connections-wise, Jake, that Roberto Perez and Carlos Santana have ties too. That's right. Which further extends the idea that Roberto Perez could probably be back on the team because they competed in Cleveland for a good amount of years. When Roberto Perez went. 
That's a good point too. And I was just thinking like, you know, you had Santana, you had Choi. I don't think the moves will be done for the Pirates. You know, we mentioned that the pitching is highly needed, but looking at a starting lineup offensively, I mean, if you have Cruz leading off with one, Reynolds behind him, that's a solid one-two punch. Then you throw Choi and Santana, three, four. That's not terrible. There's some there's some pop there for sure. And then hopefully Castro can continue to improve at second base. I wouldn't mind seeing him fifth. If Cabrian Hayes could hit just a little bit, he becomes an all-star. Throw him in the six hole. Jack Sawinski, seven in right field. Maybe he splits time a little bit with Miguel and Duhar, depending on, you know, pitching matchups, home away splits of, as we've seen. But those guys perhaps hitting seventh. Uh, Ethan, you just mentioned bringing back Perez. I fully expect them to. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, after kind of building a rapport this season, the Pirates kind of helped Perez, you know, through yeah. injury. I think back. And talking about your one day nine, I mean, I agree with most of it. I'm like saying O'Neill and Reynolds one two. That's a one two punch that you just can't go away from. And then you can swap Choi and Santana whatever way you want, depending on the pitching matchup. I would probably put Hayes fifth before Castro sixth, because I think Castro at six gives the bottom of the lineup much more of a pop than it hasn't had. And then if you're thinking of Castro being at six, if Castro gets on base, which we've seen Castro get on base way more than Hayes has in some sense because Castro just has a little bit more pop there, you bat a uh, Sawinski in there at seven, and then you're throwing one of the random outfielders at eight and Perez at nine. That's a lineup that a lot of people around Major League Baseball are going to look at and say, that's not a bad lineup. And that's including the infusion of, say, any Rodriguez or Henry Davis or whoever you want to add to the lineup at any point in the year, or even a Travis Swaggerty, a guy that, like, has been forgotten about by a lot of Pirates fans that could really make an impact. And that's the thing that I think the Carlos Santana signing does the best is it's not forcing prospects to be up here so quickly. It's not forcing them to have to be in this position where you need to be the guy. Santana and Choi can be the guy at first base. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's a good point because now you're not trying, you're not counting too hard on those prospects to do too much work. Like you said, Ethan, and building around the lineup, I'll just give my two cents here. I like the fact of Castro hitting after Hayes. Hayes gets on base. Castro's got the power and the whereabouts to drive him in from that bottom of the lineup. And then we're, you know, considering the last portion of the lineup as well. A lot of people are projecting that G1 Bay is going to start in the outfield and hit probably eighth or ninth. I would imagine ninth to give a little bit of turnover to that lineup. That's not bad at all. And then when you add Carlos Santana, that factor it gives you a little bit more leeway to sort of play around with it. I don't know if you feel the same way, Nate, but that's just sort of. how. Yeah, I think, I think there's a whole bunch of lineup flexibility at the moment uh, with this team. And as far as adding further this off season, um, 
you know, I would still like to see a corner outfielder added. Uh, we, we kind of mentioned some guys that we like on the last podcast. Um, you know, I, I mentioned someone like Adam Duvall. You mentioned someone like Tyler Naquin. Either would be cool. I'm opinion. still on the Will Meyer train. Yeah, Will Myers as well. That would be cool because, I mean, add him to the first base carousel, even though he could play corner outfield as well. Um, I wouldn't mind that in the slightest. I still think a right-handed bat is needed. And luckily with Santana, he is more than competent from the right side. He's a switch hitter. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's a frisky little roster right now. And if Cruz could take a step up, if Brian Reynolds continues to be Brian Reynolds, you know, reinforcements coming mid-year with guys like Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, um, things are starting to come together a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's, it's by no means a playoff team yet, but I think we're finally starting to see – a roster being built. And I guess whenever this front office regime was brought in, they, they said they would spend when it's time to spend. And maybe I didn't see it happening this off season, but so far this off season, um, Troy, I believe he's like a $4 million player, Santana, 6.7 million. These aren't off the charts numbers by any means, but at least it's something. And yeah, if they can enhance that pitching, get another starter, um, maybe maybe move someone like Brubaker to the bullpen to help the bullpen out. I mean, it's it's starting to come together, and it's at least it's at least um, encouraging so far this offseason. Well, going back to the bullpen, too, I would love, 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 love if they move Luis Ortiz to the bullpen. I think he's the perfect candidate as a guy to move to the bullpen. The guy can throw 100 miles per hour. If he's not a starter, all you're asking out of him is give you one or two innings of just 100-mile-per-hour fastballs back-to-back-to-back. And then if you sign two starters, which is like, again, from people I've talked to that are close to the team talking about Manaya and another guy, you're talking about a bull, or a uh, rotation of Rolandi Contreras, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Sean Manaya, and that fifth guy that they keep alluding to. You could slightly move Ortiz and even a Bryce Wilson to the bullpen like they did with Will Crow this past year. You're talking about a decent pitching staff, too, and I still think that's the biggest thing that they need to look at is because the last two years, the main thing the Pirates have struggled with was pitching depth, and they've even put a little bit of uh, emphasis on that with Inmer Lobo and a couple of the other moves that they've made. You never really know what's going on with it, but I think their emphasis has to shift to the pitching staff now after everything they've done with the position players. I think they're just going to let the position players ride at this point, and then they're going to shift their focus to the pitching staff at winter meetings, and that's where they really yeah, that's – I agree 110%, Ethan. They've made their additions probably to their most needed place, you know, throughout these past couple of weeks. That All the attention has to be on the starting pitching right now, and I think that's when we're going to see some of those big-name moves come in. But I also want to agree with you on the emphasis on pitching already that they've already made, bringing in, in Merlobo, which, yeah, he's 18, hasn't made it past rookie ball, but I'll tell you what, just watching some film on him, looking at his numbers, he's not a bad addition at all. Um but yeah, Nate, I want to go back to something you said, and that was Brian Reynolds and how he feels. Well, maybe not so much how he feels, but 
reinforcements on the way, not just coming in later in the season, but in the off season right now, last year, you know, we could tell that he was visibly frustrated. You know, he would go up to the plate. You could tell that it was just wearing on him being part of this consistent losing ball club. But now he gets some of these, you know, maybe not top notch bats, but a little bit better than what he's used to in G man, Choi, Carlos Santana, still more on the way. Plus some of this wave of rookies coming up. Something tells me that Brian Reynolds is going to have the best season in 2023 of his career, just because of that confidence level. Yeah. And I just pray that, uh, he's not traded this off season. Like, like, you know, I, I mean, I don't think he will be, but every national pundit, that's like their favorite thing to write up in a, 15 potential big moves this offseason to come. All of those types of articles have Brian Reynolds to blank. So I hope the Pirates hold on to him. And, yeah, if he gets even a slight amount of protection behind him in the lineup, uh, yeah, I could see him as a – honestly, I could see him as a 300, 400, 500 type guy. Um, He he already has a a five-and-a-half win season – in the books. So last year was slightly down from 2021, but yeah, we know that he is an all-star type caliber caliber player. And he, uh, he has to be at least a little happy with seeing what the pirates have done so far this off season. Um, go ahead. Well, and one thing that I would say, too, is I've known a lot of people who have given shit to Ben Charrington and said, okay, what is he going to do with this team? Ben Charrington at the beginning of the offseason said that he wanted to fix the first base position. I would say, based off of the additions of Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi, that he kept his promise on that. So is this the point now where a lot of these Pirates fans who have been anti-Ben Charrington start saying... Can we start agreeing with this guy and saying, okay, he's at least backing up his word and saying, I'm going to do what I'm telling you I'm going to do, which is also increased payroll, which he's all. I could see that, but I also think it comes down to how they perform on the field because you know the first moment that Carlos Santana has a 2-3 strikeout game, the Charrington Cynics, I being one of them, halfway. I'm not going to completely put myself on that boat quite yet. But you know those cynics are going to say, oh, Ben Charrington wasted $6.7 million. We're never going to make another big signing like this again. He All he does is sign bumps. Like, yeah, on surface level, there's that, you know, there's that part of me that wants to say, yeah, Charrington is committed to building a better team. Look at all the players he's brought in. But until we see exactly what they've done on the field, we can't really judge what Charrington has done based off based off what is on paper it's got to be what happens on the field and if we see significant improvement not slight improvement it's got to be significant improvement this coming season for in my opinion the charrington cynics to sort of lay off a little bit and say okay this guy actually is yeah as far as charrington goes i guess my biggest complaint with him isn't really the trades that he's made or the major league free agent signings that he's made it's more of the constant you know dumpster diving quad a shopping that he's done with the pirates whether it's josh van meter last season i hated that move from the start and just to see him drag on the roster all season long was just it was just terrible and we still have a little bit of that now i mean lou and diaz from the marlins he was a decently touted prospect i believe a few years ago um, another first baseman, perhaps, 
he gets some some time in the minor leagues to start, or maybe he's a bench bat. I'm not sure, but that's my big thing with Sherrington. I'm just tired of seeing him go after just not good major league players, but things are starting to change now. Um, it's been three straight years of just straight tankage, but it looks like this is the season that we can finally start to judge whether or not Sherrington has an eye for talent an eye for development. Some of his players are going to be called up this season, um, his draft picks. So I think, I think the grading on him can finally begin in a fair manner because he was never going to bring in top talent from the start. This was going to have to be a, you know, break it down to the nuts and bolts and rebuild. And we might finally start to see actual building and I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I am too. And trust me, I second you actually maybe even third you on the Josh Van Meter comment. I, and I even looked at Lister Stowe, so the guy we traded him for, he's doing pretty good in the low ranks. But yeah, like I said, it's going to be a tough year. And I kind of hope that Charrington, all his work that he's done since 2020, actually 2019, it all pays off. I think it will, in a way. Maybe not to the fullest extent, but I, I would definitely say that it's going to pay off more than it is going to come back and bite us in the face. The only way I think that we would be able to say that he's done a terrible job this season is if he does do the predictable, like trading away either Choi or Carlos Santana or shoving Lewin Diaz in our face when we have other options or even other guys when we have viable options. That's the only way I could see this sort of, you know, this sort of ship sinking for lack of a better term and no pun intended. Uh, Yeah. And ironically enough, I think this was actually the year that a lot of pirates fans you you included Nate um, even said that we were going to see some turnaround for this organization. So, you know, it, it's going to be a wild year. It's not the ending to the off season, but there's a lot of hope. And I think it's going to be. Yeah. I'm excited to see kind of moving forward, what other moves are made. Um, perhaps there's a trade in the works, perhaps there's some more free agent signings, but I should mention some of the moves made over the past week. Uh, we kind of hinted at Inmer Lobo he was acquired by the Pirates for Hoy Park. So some of that middle infield, you know, jamage is kind of working itself out. Uh, Hoy Park is with the Red Sox now. The Pirates claimed Lewin Diaz off of waivers from the Marlins. We mentioned that. And pretty notable, the Pirates traded Kevin Newman, another middle infielder, to the Cincinnati Reds for Dari. Moreta. So I'll just go over Moreta real quick. Um, not great in his very limited time in the major leagues. He pitched 38 innings, 38 and a third innings for the Reds last season, 540 ERA, uh, 438 XFIP though, and a 402 XERA. So that's, that's something. Although the war was less than one, he was worth minus 0.4 F war. Um, he strikes out hitters, walks some hitters, but I don't know. It's a, it's an intriguing bullpen piece perhaps. And we kind of mentioned the bullpen. He's got a nice 60 graded slider. He also, or sorry, fastball, 60 graded fastball. He has a slider and a change up. Um, the command is a little bit of an issue, but 
it's something. It's a bullpen piece. We'll see how the bullpen works itself out. We kind of mentioned some starters that could become bullpen pieces, but I think it's more of a more of an addition by subtraction move for the Pirates. Um, you know, it seems like the the team is really they're they're kind of committed now to Cruz at shortstop and uh, Castro at second base, which I'm a big fan of. And now you, you still have uh, Tucapita Marcano in the works. You have Gian Bay who plays some middle infield as well. So I'm cool with that move. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on the Kevin Newman trade. Uh, I mean, go ahead, Ethan. I've talked to Reds fans that are actually really upset that they traded Dowry Moretta because in 2021, he actually had a really, really, really good uh, string in AAA against everybody. Like, he wasn't giving up runs, period. And then if you remember, the Pirates beat him up in that final series when O'Neill Cruz came up because it was like Dowry Moretta came up and O'Neill Cruz came up. So that was a thing. But... Interesting tidbit to add about this uh, signing about Carlos Santana. This is actually the largest deal the Pirates have given to an outside free agent since A.J. Burnett, which uh, Nathan added earlier. So, again, $6.7 million, not a crazy number, but for the Pirates, a little bit. Yeah, but at 26 years old, not a terrible thing, especially when all he gave up for was Kevin Newman, who was really on his way out the door anyway. Um 2021 in the minors, like Ethan said, uh, you know, he was pretty good. Just a little bit of a rough stint coming up to the MLB. And we all know the transition period from AAA to MLB. It can negatively affect, in fact, most guys. Some guys, you know, it's it's you know, it's very rare that you find a guy who immediately comes up and makes an impact. Um, I like the stuff that he brings, high velo type of guy, which is something I think the Pirates needed a little bit of movement on their pitches or pitching as well. Um I think maybe with a little bit of work with Oscar Marine, because for you know, for what it's worth, he's done pretty well with some of the pitchers we brought in. Some have been ultimate fails, but ultimately uh, he's done pretty well as well. So I think maybe a little bit of work, maybe they send him down to the minors for a little bit as they try to test out a little bit of the bullpen, uh, try to work new faces in, like you guys said, maybe Brubaker, Wilson, Ortiz, you know, just some of those guys. Uh, they're going to try to work, rotate it in. Maybe they add another, a couple more pieces. Who knows? But I, I don't think it's a bad move at all. It's a good, again, low-risk, high-reward type, tr- uh, type of move for the Pirates. They trade out an aged middle infielder with no power to his name, a little bit of contact, and a string of walk-offs in 2019. Uh, overall, not a bad move in my opinion. Um, hopefully he can work things out with the Pirates and become a mainstay. Almost like uh, I'm trying to think of maybe a good comparison to him. I know the intangibles aren't right there, but maybe like a Tony Watson type of guy, a no name type of guy who, you know, excels middle of the road, uh, or I'm sorry, middle relief in the bullpen, maybe transitions to one or one of two setup guys in the future. But um, yeah, I'm not mad. at. Yeah. At this point, it's just kind of like a throw it at the wall and see if it sticks type of bullpen. And there are enough guys that you hope you can string together, you know, six or seven pitchers to bridge the gap to get to David Bednar, who, as we all know, is probably probably a top ten closer in the sport. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with it. I don't really have any any issue with that move. And 
Ethan, it is funny the Carlos Santana. So you're saying uh, annual six point seven million, the biggest since AJ Burnett. I believe it because thinking of other Pirates free agent pickups in the past. I mean, the one that was really successful, Russ Martin. I believe that was two years, twelve million. So not quite six point seven per year. Yeah, and um, I know, um, I know, Perez was four million last year. I believe four or five million. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, so. you're looking at it. It's crazy. Again, a lot of people won't see that as a big number, but a lot of people also don't root for small market teams. You know, you rooting for the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, whoever. But this is also the kind of move to me. That even with Satan, I've I've already seen people say, "Well, he'll just be gone by the deadline," but that's the worst case scenario here, right? Like, oh, worst case scenario, we get something in favor of spending seven million dollars on Carlos Santana, and say Santana has a two seventy five, like whatever slash line, right? I mean, you trade him for something to a team that's contending. Who knows? Like, I mean, you're getting a decent haul back for a guy that you didn't even really care about in the first place. You just threw a little bit of money at him, and now you're talking about a guy who, like Jose Quintana, you end up getting a guy like Malcolm Nunez and Jose or Johan Oviedo, who could end up being guys that are instrumental to your future, while also keeping a guy like G Man Choi, who could still be fronting your first base position. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, I I just think it's a win-win. If the Pirates are good, Santana sticks around. If the Pirates, honestly, I think it's probably likely that he would be traded at the deadline. The Pirates would have to be really, really good for him to stick around. But kind of like you said, Ethan, uh, he, he would definitely bring back a lottery ticket prospect type, type deal. And um I just think the value of having a guy like that around for a team like this will will be pretty big, and I'm pretty happy with the signing. Um, I think that could do it for us here. I will say, I don't know if you guys, um, the Santana deal gives me Marlon Bird vibes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's very a, much so. That's, that's just a, pretty, a just a just a face to be there to say okay this guy is a veteran who's seen it before. Yeah, like Marlon Bird, or I remember that same year they brought in Justin Morneau, stuff like that. Um, it's it's definitely a nice little pickup. Do you guys have any final thoughts here before we kind of sign off? I still believe Marlon Bird was probably one of the best acquisitions the Pirates could have ever made. Changed my mind. Yeah, I mean, he hit the home run in the wild card game. Well, offensively, 12 of Carlos Santana's 14 attributes on baseball and lot are red. So, in 2022. Yeah, I think I'm... 12 of his 14. The only two that aren't red are arm strength and sprint speed. So, I will take that all day, every day. I think I mentioned that at the beginning of the pod. Or was that when I was cutting out? Uh, no, you did. Um, and I agree for sure. It's, it's solid. And if he, if he improves a little bit over last year, which he was pretty solid last year, um, I think, I think it'll be solid. Uh, Jake, where can we find you on Twitter before we get out of here? You can find me at underscore radio Jake on Twitter. All right. And Ethan, if you want to plug anything, 
Thanks for joining us today. You got anything? Uh, at Locked On Pirates and at MVP underscore Ethan. Post Monday through Friday. So always bringing out podcasts even through the month of November. And I think in December we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Very cool. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, you can follow me at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And, of course, follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. Uh, We'll be back on our normal schedule next week. We'll have a pod next Friday. And um, honestly, we didn't really plan on having a podcast this week due to Thanksgiving. But whenever the Pirates make their biggest move, sign their biggest free agent in almost like a freaking decade, as pathetic as that sounds, (laughs) you got to have an emergency pod. Yeah, it calls for it. And this is the type of pod that I like because not only do we get comments from everybody else, but we also talk about something in the news instead of just hypotheticals like, oh, I really would love this person to be a pirate. I'd love them to sign Judge or DeGrom. But this is something that we can really dive into, especially when the move on paper. looks. For sure. And that's kind of like what we've been begging since we started, uh, you know, resuming the podcast this offseason. We were just so starved for something to talk about. And uh, we got that. All right, Jake, uh, thank you as always for joining us and that'll do it. Like I mentioned, we'll be back next week and everyone have a great rest of your day. Peace out.